Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. Well, the book of John is where we're going to be at today, and, and John has been such a wonderful place to be able to, to learn and grow about our, our walk with Jesus. And, you know, when people get saved, we always point them to the Gospel of John because, one, it's easy to remember uh, because my name is John. Just kidding. Uh, but I do say that sometimes. It's easy to remember because my name is John, but really... What's neat about John is his whole goal is to demonstrate that Jesus is God. His whole goal is to, for us to be able to catch this glimpse of who God really is and, and that Jesus left the glories of heaven and He came to this earth. Listen, He is the eternal Son of God and we are so thankful for Him today. And so, matter of fact, if you go all the way book of, back to the book of John and chapter number 1, you read in the very first few verses there in the prologue that John declares Him, declares Jesus to be God the Son. And listen to these verses. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. And then the verse number 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so he demonstrates that Jesus Christ is one that we can have intimate fellowship with. And He is one that has intimate fellowship with the Father. He is self-existent. He is uh, one that uh, was the Creator. He was the Word who became flesh. He was a manif- uh, God manifested to the world. And so as we come to this point in, in the Scriptures, in John chapter number 18, we come to this point and we have to ask ourselves, how could people reject Jesus? And I think about that question, you know, because, because my whole life, as, as the missionary testified, I, I was raised in church, I grew up in church, and, and, I, and I just learned about God through watching my dad. I, I learned about God through my Sunday school teachers. I learned about God uh, through reading my Bible. And I tell you, I fell in love with who the Lord is, and, and I just can't in my mind imagine what it would be like not to know and love Christ. John the Baptist As we look at his life, we see that he even acknowledged that Jesus was superior to him. And the Apostle John records this this dictation of his omniscience, his sinlessness, and of his eternality, even of his union with God. And we see this in the seven miraculous signs that John pointed to throughout the Gospel. And so as we get then to John chapter 18, we see his betrayal. We see His arrest, and we see even through it all, we see the dignity of Jesus, we see His courage, we even see how He as God is complete master over the entire situation. And today as we find the Lord in the custody of His enemies, He's on trial for His life, and even in this situation, Jesus is exalted. Amen? 
And I tell you, that is the one that we serve today. And today we see even those that reject Jesus, uh, that they're sometimes, even in a good independent Baptist church today, there could be people who come in and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And today, let me just ask you, why are you rejecting Him? Let's look in the text today, John chapter 18, verses 12 through 27. We're going to read verse, these, uh, these verses starting in verse number 12. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he, which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without, then went out the other, that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought, her, uh, and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he saith, I am not. And the servants and the officers stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. And Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort. And in the secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? And Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest, and Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. And they said therefore, uh, they said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? And he denied it and said, I am not. And one of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter did cut off, saith, Did I not see thee in the garden with him? And Peter denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Let's stop and pray. Father, we thank you so much for this passage, Lord. And, and though it is sometimes difficult to read of the failure of a man like Peter, God, I'm grateful for the lessons we can learn, not only about Peter, about how, what it is to reject, but also we learn about your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. And so we are thankful, Lord, that you included the humanity of this portion of Scripture. But thank you most of all for the deity we see in Jesus. Thank you that He is your Son, the eternal God of all creation. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to this, knowing what the Bible says about Jesus, it, it's hard to imagine that anyone would ever reject Jesus, isn't it? We see that Jesus is truly glorious. Man is sinful. We see that Jesus is faithful when we are faithless. We see He is courageous even when we are full of cowardice. We see a sacrificial love, but we see our self-preserving lies. All of these things mixed together, and you think, why in the world? How could someone ever reject Jesus? Well, there's three things I want to look at here in this passage that why people often reject the Lord. And very first and foremost, we see because simply of unbelief. 
At the very heart of Judas' rejection was unbelief. At the very heart of these of Annas and Caiaphas and, and the Sanhedrin here was a, was a result of their unbelief. And we see this, that, that uh, they refused to accept Jesus as the Messiah. Listen, they wanted a conquering Messiah, right? They were looking for a Messiah to come in to throw off the Roman oppression. He want, they wanted someone who would lead an army against the Romans and to <coughs> excuse me, alleviate uh, that oppression that they felt. They didn't want a suffering Messiah. They didn't want a Messiah that would come to die for the sins of the world. Instead, they wanted this bold-as-a-lion Messiah that would come and destroy all those who stood against them. Well, it's in that same vein of rejection and bitterness we find the Sanhedrin. In all of their uh, glorious jealousy, they arrested and attempted to destroy Jesus Christ. (coughs) Excuse me about that. I tell you, it's allergy season. Can I get an amen to that? I'm telling you what, in the dust the last few days has really been a, been a blessing, amen? So in verse number 12, we see just this initial arresting of Jesus. And we, last time we saw where Judas betrayed Jesus here with a kiss, and we saw that betrayal, and we see now the rejection that was here. In that mob that was assembled that night in the garden, this arresting party consisted both of Jews and of Gentiles, because there was a detachment of Roman cohort that was stationed at Jerusalem, and they also had sent some of those soldiers into the garden with them. So they were also members of the temple police force, if you will. And so Luke describes a little bit of detail regarding this in Luke twenty-two fifty-two. 52. It says, Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as a, uh, against a thief with swords and staves. We see that assembly there was a mixed multitude of both Jews, both of those that were higher in authority, those were just the the grunts, if you will. And so in the presence of these high-ranking officials, there was a great explosiveness about this situation. We saw last time Peter in his impetuousness pick up that sword and try to lop off the head of that that soldier, but Jesus in His grace and mercy healed the ear where he missed there and and was able to, uh, to bring restoration there. But listen, the Romans and the Jews feared that arresting Jesus would spark a riot. They knew that this was a very militant crowd that oftentimes uh, would hail Him as, as Messiah. Just a few days before, that they threw the, the, the palm branches on the ground and their coats on the ground, and they said, uh, Hosanna, blessed is He that cometh in the name of the Lord. It was just a few days before then. And so in the secret, in the dark of the night, we find them coming, and they demanded Jesus Christ. I remind you, just a few uh, verses previously, that when he spoke that eternal name, I am, that even it was so powerful that those men fell on the ground there at the feet of Jesus. And what a great point uh, that we have that that will one day be the case. Philippians chapter 2, every knee shall bow, amen? Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, this... Arrest didn't happen because, uh, because Jesus was too timid. This arrest happened because God permitted it. God knew what needed to happen so that His Son could be offered as the Lamb for the sins of the world. This was part of God's plan. What amazed me, though, was that though, though they had personally witnessed the power of Jesus just a few moments before, they still stood up and they mechanically carried out the orders that were issued them, and they arrested Jesus. How could you do that? 
And, and it just blows my mind that, that these men that, that came to the garden would be so able to carry out such a horrific order. But I remind you what Satan does. And, and this is why we must be in guard. He says, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary the devil, walketh about whom he may, uh, seeketh whom he may, he may devour. But this is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, Christ was taken uh, to stand and appear before these, two, these mock trials this night, but it was because of the blindness and the hardness of their hearts. Sometimes, even in 2022, we get kind of haughty, don't we? And we think, well, that'd never be me. I could never do that. But the reality is, but by the grace of God, there go I. Look in verse 13 with me. And they led him away to Annas. He was father-in-law to Caiaphas. And let me just look first a little bit about Annas. Christ is taken to Annas. He was, he was the father-in-law, as the Scripture mentions. This is kind of a preliminary hearing, a warm-up, if you will, that's recorded only by John. And it was the, really the first of three times that Jesus would be uh, on trial before the Jewish authorities. Now, the second phase was when Jesus was taken before Caiaphas and the Sanhedrin. And the third was at sunrise the next morning when He stood before Pilate. But this civil trial uh, had three phases as well, as he stood before Pilate, Herod, and then Pilate again. But listen, he no longer, Annas didn't hold office anymore, he, but he was still the most powerful figure in the Jewish hierarchy at that time. He had been the high priest from AD 6 to AD 15, and when he was removed by office, uh, office by Valerius Gratus, uh, he was, uh, his predecessor was, was Caiaphas but he would still carry the title of high priest. So Annas was still considered the high priest at this time, much like uh, we would still call uh, Donald Trump President Donald Trump or Barack Obama President Barack Obama. They still carried that title. And so Annas had been the high priest. He still was considered high priest. And many of them, because of the fact it was the Roman prefect that had removed him, they still saw him as the rightful high priest. And so his title was more than just courtesy. It was a position where uh, the Jews resented the, the meddling of those Romans and they still considered Annas to be their power there. Leon Morris said, there's little doubt about that, but the astute old man at the head of the family exercised a good deal of authority. He was a proud, ambitious man. He was greedy. And that is seen in many, uh, many forms, particularly as we see in the source of his income came from the concessions in the temple. Remember what Jesus had done when He was here. He had uh, fashioned a, a cord and He had driven the money changers out of the temple. On two separate occasions, Jesus had halted this buying and the selling in the temple. And Jesus said, you've made this place a den of thieves when it should be a house of prayer. And so Annas, when, he was brought, when Jesus was brought before Annas, there was a personal score there that Annas had. There was something he was personally mad about Jesus. And Annas looked for the opportunity to be able to, uh, to deal with Jesus personally. Look in verse number 14. We see kind of the attitude that is portrayed toward Jesus Christ here. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Have you ever thought about the things that influence your attitude? This morning we had a, a great men's prayer breakfast. I can still smell it on my shirt. It smells great. I love bacon, amen? And it just sticks with you all day long in more ways than one. Brother David Wood said this. I wrote it down. It was just a great thought. 
If your life stinks, it's because your thinking is stinking. That's good theology right there. Thanks, Brother David. Amen. Now, here's the reality. These men were bitter. They were angry. They were full of a desire to bring vindication against Jesus. Not because of something spiritually wrong they had done, but because they had personally injured their own money, their own source of livelihood. The Bible has a lot to say about love and the things that we love, doesn't it? Matter of fact, one of the most famous verses that we would remember as a church would probably be 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is what? The root of all evil. We know this verse. And he says, listen, which some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced them through with many sorrows. Listen, some, someone once asked this uh, a bank robber named Willie Sutton. He said, why did you rob so many banks? He said, because that's where the money is. Of course that's why I robbed a bank. You know, and some of us, we have such a love for things of this world that it's, it's, it's affected our love for Jesus Christ. Remember what the Bible says. And, and when Jesus, when He boiled everything down, all of the religiosity, they said, listen, what is the most important commandment? He says, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, that's what it's all about. What do you love today? You see, as we see this idea of Annas and Caiaphas, their love was not for anything except for self. Matter of fact, Caiaphas had been appointed the high priest in AD 18 by the same prefect who had disposed his father-in-law, Annas. And he remained in office until AD 36. He, was the longest, he had the longest tenure as high priest, and it really reveals his cunning nature. He was really uh, just a really cunning man, and he would do anything to hang on to his power. And it was this man who, in a previous conversation, John records once again that it said it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Jesus, in, in order for... Uh, Caiaphas and Annas to preserve their place, they must kill Jesus. You see, but in all these things, God was at work. He wasn't dead. And, and we, if you were to live in that moment and not know the end of the story, it would seem like, what is happening? If you were Peter or, or you were John, you're watching from the courtyard and you're looking in through the flames and, and you're trying to see around the smoke in there and see what's happening to Jesus and they, you see them strike Him and you remember the things that had just happened. You, you're in your back of your mind you're thinking, what in the world is about to happen? This is, this is the Son of God. This is the Messiah. I believe in Him. Why is this going on? And yet I remind you that God was at work in all of these things. In Ephesians 1.7 it says, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. In 1 Peter 2.24, who His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You know what? God had a plan. And God still has a plan today. And though there are people that, that look at this and they say, well, how in the world uh, could you believe that nonsense? Let me just encourage your heart today, Christian. God is still alive. He's still at work. Don't doubt Him. And when we look at this world and all its chaos and everything that's going on, let me just point you back to the Lord and just remind you that God is still God in this situation. He's still God over your children that are, that are falling away. He is still God over your spouse that is backslidden. He is still God over that financial situation that is bringing you to a place of, of just a strain and stress. And let me just remind you, He's still God over our bodies. He is still God today. Listen, don't doubt Him in whom we have redemption through His blood. 
But listen, the second thing we see is not only unbelief, we reject Him because of unbelief, but sometimes it's just influence. I want to fast forward a little bit because I recognize our time is short. There was a lot uh, today uh, that we wanted to recognize, and I'm so thankful uh, that we had time for, uh, to hear from our missionary today. But as we look at the Scriptures, just look down there in verse number 18. Remember, we're dealing with Peter, and has gone from Jesus before Annas, and now we're, the scene has shifted in verse 15, and Simon Peter has followed John into uh, this, the, the high priest's courtyard, and, and there's, there's lots more I could say about that, but let me just sum this up very quickly. And we see in verse number 18, And the servants and the officers stood there, who made a uh, fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Let me just tell you, sometimes it's the influence around us, uh, around us that causes us to reject Jesus. Let me ask you, what are you listening to? You ever notice that today we have more voices speaking in our lives than ever before? Whether that's the news, if you're a Fox News guy or CNN, or maybe you're Newsmax, I don't know what you're listening to, or maybe you're, just, uh, you're listening to other voices, or if you're a podcast junkie, you know, or whatever it may be, you're listening to these voices. It can be music that speaks into your life. And let me tell you, these things, they speak into your life. Or what are you listening to? Remember, Peter had made this boast in Mark 14, 31. He said, But I spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. He had made that boast. He said, Listen, I will never deny you, Lord. Man, what a terrible thing. But listen, we see who was following in this passage, and we see this how it drew him away from the Lord. And so, just... Uh, just kind of watch me there. We're going to go forward a little bit, Brian, so just pay attention. Look in verse number 17 with me very quickly. Then said the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he saith, I am not. Now, understand a little bit here if in the Greek. There is this kind of a negative connotation. And, you know, because John was obviously known at this point, he was known by the high priest, he was known by the damsel that was keeping the door. And so she kind of looks at, G, at Peter and said, don't tell me you're one of his disciples too. It's almost how she was asking the question here. And so Peter gave this, oh, yeah, no, not me, not me. Yeah, you know, and he just passes through trying to get in the courtyard. And so you could, you could kind of excuse that a little bit. But if you see the next verse, you see who he saddles up next against. And he comes around this, this fire that's in the courtyard and the other soldiers and everything are here. And, and I'm not sure why he would go into the light, except maybe he was chilly. I know that's where I would have been. And anyways, and he's warming himself over the fire, trying to hide in the shadows a little bit. And as he does so, we see once again they recognize him. Now remember, Peter was the one that cut off the ear of Malchus. Now, if you assault a police officer, and we have police officers in our church today, if you assault a police officer, do you want them to know it was you? <laughs> Probably not, amen? You're going to want to hide a little bit in the shadows, but we see here in Peter, we kind of see that similar attitude. No, 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 no. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there, that wasn't me, I, I, that wasn't me. Listen, he was influenced because he was no longer listening to the Lord, he was no longer uh, following what God wanted for him. Instead, he was listening to those influences around him. Sometimes we feel like we failed God, and let me just, let me just pause here and say this. Peter, at this moment, felt like a failure. We talked about this a little bit in our, in our Sunday school class this morning. And, but we see in John 21 that Peter 
is, is restored. Remember what 1 John 1.9 says? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, there may be times where maybe we feel like we failed the Lord. But listen, He is faithful. He is just. When we come back to the Lord, we find this, this Spirit in Christ. And, and in other passages of the Scripture, we read in, an, in another Gospel where Peter uh, denies Christ that third time and he looks up and it's like the Lord and he catch And immediately his heart is smote and he comes under conviction, I failed you. Listen, I don't, know, I don't know where you're at today, but this is what I do know. Sometimes we deny Him because we're just around the wrong people. Sometimes we deny Him because we're afraid. And that's where Peter landed. I think that he was just greatly afraid of everything that was going on in his life. Maybe today you would say, listen, I feel like I've failed God. I'm not a person who is necessarily walking right with the Lord this morning. But let me just tell you, God offers forgiveness and He offers hope and restoration like He did for Peter and He offers it to you. But it starts at the cross. If you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today, let me just invite you. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He invites you today to know the forgiveness that Jesus offers. That's the message that the cooks are taking to Australia. That's the message that some of our missionaries in this room have taken to the places like the Philippines and Taiwan and other places. Listen, that's the message we still carry across the street today. That the world may know that there is a God in heaven who loves them, who sent His only Son to die for them. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Maybe today you're a lot like Peter. Maybe, maybe you're first like that first crowd and you're like Annas and you just have never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, and maybe you've just never, you've you, you just said, listen, I, I don't know if that's for me. Well, listen, it, to, to make that decision is to make a decision. And to, to not decide is to decide, if you will. And so if you are here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today let me just ask you, are you willing to put your faith in Him? Are you willing to get that settled today? Are you willing to say, Lord, I place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. I trust Him. I rest in Him. Lord, I believe in Him with all my heart. Let me tell you, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He offers salvation to you today. Would you come? Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's Word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for His help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions, or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?